Welcome to episode 578 of the show. Today we're going to look at the question of whether high digital quotient affects how we qualify customers and potential clients. If this is your first time of listening to the show, that's a mouthful and it's loads of terms that you haven't heard before. So I'm going to go into um, a brief recap and some definitions so we can bring you up to speed. Apart from that, I recommend that you listen to the episodes prior. I think episode 577 and I think 576, which is where I introduced um, you guys to the concept of um, digital quotients. That's for those of you who are not familiar um, with the term. So I think especially episode 576 or maybe 575 is where we chart the uh, evolution of the different intelligences where uh, when I was a little boy, it was intelligence quotients and then we went through emotional quotients and now we're talking about digital quotients and who knows what other uh, quotients or intelligence factor we could be looking at in a couple of years, maybe another 100 years down the line or maybe 50 years down the line since things are moving um, that fast. So I'll run into some uh, brief definitions now, but if you listen to prior episodes um especially five seven six sorry five seven five seven six seven seven you'll be uh caught up to speed about um the sorts of issues that we're talking about here when we talk about digital quotients and how uh that can improve or how digital quotients can be applied to improve your sales um processes um, nowadays so first of all digital quotients digital quotients is different from IQ, intellectual quotient, which is um, how smart you are, how much information you can acquire, is different from emotional quotient, that is um, being uh, well aware and self-regulated when it comes to um, emotional matters and then um, interpersonal relationships. Digital quotient is about being able to acquire skills and acquire knowledge around tech and around digital stuff. And just like with the prior um, quotients or should i say quotients i'm not sure what the plural of quotient is supposed to be so just like with the previous ones it's not just about how much you know but how willing you are to apply this knowledge or these skills so to have a high digital quotient you need to be able to know um, a lot about digital skills and around tech and stuff like that but it's not just knowing enough you should be willing to apply this new knowledge um as well so for instance i'm over here making this podcast i know about the equipment that i'm supposed to use uh you know the mics the editing stuff like that but i choose rather to uh, keep on recording um on my phone so for those of you who have been on this adventure with me this last um couple of years um it's led to those interesting adventures where you know i'm recording and then maybe cattle start uh, moving around in the background or maybe i'm at the mechanic and i'm making the episode and then uh, people start having quarrels about the nigerian economy and then there was that time when i was recording and then my children burst into the room uh, shouting daddy 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 and um i know at least one listener in particular who reached out to me and who found that um, to be um, really cute but bottom line what i'm trying to say is i know what it is that i need to do to make this uh, podcast um, top-notch but i'm choosing to be consistent and looking for the easiest way to do this um, right now so if you're going to look at digital quotients um, relating to podcasting you would say i have low digital quotient because even though i know that i should set up a studio use a proper microphone um, proper quiet space sound padding use a laptop so even though theoretically i know all that 
but I don't do all that. So when it comes to podcasting, I guess you could say I have low digital quotient. So it's not just about what you know, the knowledge you have, but it's about whether you are willing and able to apply that knowledge as well. So that's the first term, digital quotients, acquiring skills and knowledge around digital and applying that. So next, qualification. What does qualification of uh, customers or clients mean? Um, once you're done listening to this podcast, after you listen to episodes 5, 7, 5 up until now, I'll give you guys some more homework. That's for those of you who are new. Um, use the search function and hit uh, qualification, uh, type in qualification or type in sales frameworks. And you're going to see really old episodes from last year where I went into a lot of detail <clears throat> about what qualification is and how that works within sales um, frameworks. Okay, but uh, a brief recap. Qualification is just the process of having conversations with a potential customer or with a uh, potential client. Now, the idea behind this conversation is we're just trying to figure out who is this client? Who is this person that's in front of me? What problem do they have or what vision do they have? Because I'm trying to figure out how my product or my service interacts with this. And it's going to give me the information to figure out if this is a good client to work with and whether... Um, I have a good chance of making them satisfied at the um, end of the day. So, for instance, back to one of the really old examples that I used on this podcast, especially since I started from a wedding photography background. So, you're a wedding photographer, but all you like to do is black and white wedding photography. Someone comes in front of you. Qualification is a process of figuring out who is this person... Um, Who's this person? Where do they come from? What are they interested in? Are they avant-garde uh, folks? Are they uh, basically um, average, everyday uh, kind of folks? Because all this is important because what you're delivering, black and white photography exclusively, is somewhat a highfalutin idea. It's kind of, some people would say is, uh, what would I say, um, a sophisticated form of art. That's um, black and white photography. But for the everyday man, that's just absolute BS because um, I'm going to spend several hundred uh, thousand on my suit and my bride is going to spend um, several hundred thousand on her dress and on the traditional attire and on the coral beads and blah, blah, blah. So how can you say you're going to shoot this whole thing in black and white? But bottom line is, this is not something that's for everyone. So as a wedding photographer or whatever business you're involved in, you want to be sure that you're speaking to the right person. Are you guys on the same wavelength? Uh, you think this and this and this is important when it comes to wedding photography. Is this person vibing with you on the same length? And do they think those are the same things that are important with wedding photography or wedding planning as well? And it's the same whether you're an architect, for instance. You want to be sure that you guys have the same sense of aesthetics because there's no point in designing a hypermodern, sorry, not hypermodern, what's it called? Postmodern. Designing a postmodern factory for um, your client and then giving them a hefty bill when at the end of the day, they would have been happy with just traditional rows and columns because all they're doing is um, all they're doing is they're breeding chickens or maybe breeding cows. So rows and columns lined up 150 in a row with enough space for the cows or the chickens you know, would have been fine. So that is where we sort out all these things at the qualification um, stage. We're trying to figure out who is this person? Uh, what vision do they want with their building or what vision do they want with their wedding photography? If you're a tailor, it's the same. What kind of vision are they working with with this Ankara fabric that they have brought for you? What do they think is um, stylish? That's if you're um, a tailor. 
what is this person's uh, personal sense of style? You know, all this thing is important because if someone has the fashion sense of a Ghanaian school teacher, and by the way, that's how my wife describes me. She says I have the fashion flair of a Ghanaian school teacher. How she knows this, I have absolutely no idea. But because of my drab colors uh, and um, the lack of um, style with the way I dress myself, she just says I remind her of some uh, Ghanaian uh, school teachers. Um, apologies to Ghanaians listening to this podcast. So you need to figure out if the person you're talking to has the fashion sense of a Ghanaian school teacher, then there's absolutely no point in coming up with the latest and greatest designs that are on the latest men's magazines and stuff like that. So this person might have all the money in the world and might be able to pay you uh, 200000 to get this garment made. But if the person has the fashion sense of a Ghanaian school teacher and that's what he wants, then give him Ghanaian school teacher designs or else you guys are going to uh, get into a lot of trouble because you have one dissatisfied client at the end of the day. So qualification, all the conversations that we have with these people, especially in the old days, would have been face to face to give us all the information that we need so that we can provide an accurate quote and also to know if this would be a good client to work with. That is what essentially qualification is. You want some more details, you want more specific examples, especially how you can build that into a sales framework. When you're done with this, use the search function in the podcast um, app that you're listening to um, right now. Uh, Put in qualification there, put in sales framework there, and you're going to find um, a lot more um, information. So, where are we? Okay, yeah, so in the old days, qualification would have been done face-to-face. You guys meet at a bar, you meet in the office, you meet at their house, you meet after church, uh, you know, wherever but would have been done face-to-face. Now, uh, digital and the internet can make qualification easier, and that's the whole point of this podcast. If you have high digital quotient, if you have acquired the knowledge and the skills that um, you need around digital and tech, how can that make your sales process easier? That's the central question that we've been exploring in this podcast episode and the ones prior. So, um, where were we? Okay, yeah, so qualification... Hmm... Okay, yeah, so digital, um, okay, so digital and the internet, yes, they can make qualifications easier. Yeah, I think that was my thought process. Now, the reason why they can make uh, this whole thing easier is because you now have multiple avenues that you can carry on conversations with uh, people who are your potential customers. Oh, sorry, one moment. Interesting that I used that example of still recording with my phone because an alarm just went off and I had to turn it off. Okay, where was I? Mm, okay, so multiple avenues, yes. So if you have um, high digital quotient, um, then you know that there are lots of um, avenues that you can use um, with digital and with tech to make qualifying conversations um, easier because you have lots of avenues. So in the old days, it would have to be face-to-face. You'd call uh, Mrs. Ogedingbe, Mrs. Ogedingbe, uh, good morning, ma. Um, how are you doing? Are you in the office? Okay, I'll be there at 10 o'clock. But then if you get there at 10 o'clock, but then she left at 9.45, then um, especially back in the day, uh, back in the 80s, when all we had was um, Nitel telephone lines um, in Nigeria. Those uh, those are old school analog lines for the rest of you who might be listening from Ghana or the UK or America, wherever you're listening from. So, uh, yeah, that would have been that. You'd have to call her again and then try and fix another appointment. And, um, yeah, that game of cat and mouse would continue. But with uh, modern digital avenues, you have um, 
you have uh, there are other avenues to carry on these conversations. So you can call um, Madam Ugedingbe. You get to your office for ten o'clock. You guys agreed. She left at nine forty-five. That's not a problem. You try to reschedule. The same thing happens. But let's say you notice that she spends a lot of time on WhatsApp and she responds to your messages rather quickly on WhatsApp. Then you can carry the conversation on to WhatsApp. You slide into her WhatsApp inbox, and then you can carry on those conversations there, pending when you guys can meet um, face to face. So it makes qualification, it makes it easier to have uh, qualification um, conversations with people to try and uh, suss them out, to try and um, figure them out because we have multiple avenues. So if we can't see face to face, like I said, uh, WhatsApp is available, Telegram is available because not everybody is on WhatsApp. Email is available. LinkedIn is available. Uh, you can send messages. Facebook is available. Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Uh, I had an account on Pinterest, but I don't know if you can message on Pinterest, so I'm not going to say anything about that. There's also uh, video conferencing, um, WhatsApp video calls. Uh, uh, what's the other one called? The really old school one. Well, relatively old school. Skype. Um yeah, so all these things are available. These are options for having qualification um, conversations. Now, how do we carry on these conversations? Number one, I advise, just like I did in the previous episode, that we should use digital to research these people. So check up Madame Ogedingbe's public profiles. Check out on Facebook, check out on LinkedIn, uh, check out on Twitter. From, from the stuff that she tweets about, you'll be able to get a sense of her personality, what she's interested in. Um, same thing with her Facebook and her LinkedIn. Facebook and LinkedIn especially because you'll be able to see uh, the friends that you have uh, in common. And uh, once you know the friends you have in common, you'll be able to uh, reach out to those other people. Say, hey, uh, Mr. Tunde, what's up? How you been? How's the fam? I'm supposed to have uh, a meeting with Madame Ogedingbe concerning ABC and XYZ. Uh, what kind of person is she? Uh, how do you think best to approach? Um, any tips for your boy? Um, how can you help me out on this? You know, stuff like that. So that's why uh, Facebook and uh, Facebook, even though Facebook is considered old school nowadays, Facebook is still going to be useful and uh, LinkedIn because you guys can see um, friends that you have in common. So where was I? Okay, so researching. So you have to research, uh, use uh, digital to research um, these people. Um, let's see what else. Okay, another tip. Um, keep messaging short. Too many people write uh, long blocks of text, multiple paragraphs, uh, 400, 500, 600 words. But let's keep it short because long messages overwhelm people and they create a lack of clarity on what the next step should be. So if you create, if you write um, an email with 1,000 words, Ms. Ogdengbe is going to open her email her inbox. Most likely she's going to be looking at it on her phone and 1,000 words, even 500 words on the phone, maybe even 200, let's say 200, 200 words on the phone look like really long chapters of the Bible. You know, that's the effect it's going to have. Like, whoa, what is all this? She's not going to read. She's going to skim through and maybe might give a sense of why you're reaching out, but she's not going to know what exactly she should reply to and what the next step is going to be. So keep the messaging short. Long messages are going to overwhelm. Most people are reading on the phone and 200 words on the phone looks really long. Uh, let's see what else. Um, yeah, ask questions to get them talking. So it's not about how much you write. It's about how much they um, talk or type. If you're doing most of the typing, then you are not making progress. So if you type 200 words and Madame Okedingbe responds, yes. And you type 500 words and she responds, okay. 
and you, you type in another six hundred words, and then she says, "Let me think about it." You don't have enough to go on. You don't know how well this relationship is um, progressing. So uh, keep it short. You should be asking questions to get them um, talking. Uh, like for instance, oh, Madam, uh, Madam Ogedingbe, um, was Mr. Tunde who gave me your uh, phone number. He says that you're setting up a poultry and. Um, uh, you need to get an architect to um, help design that. Um, is that correct? So almost like you should just respond um, yes, but then uh, you'll push some more. So tell me more about the uh, poultry. How many heads of chickens do you have or how many heads of cows do you have? Um, um, who do you sell to? Uh, let's see, what else? Um, yeah, who do you sell to? You know, all those kinds of questions that you architects need to ask because you need to know how you're going to design um, the building because if she's selling to, um, uh, how will I put it, normal retail folks, then maybe you don't need to design uh, a massive gate that um, lorries can uh, come in because most of the people that will be coming in would be through normal gates or side gate or whatever. And I'm not sure what kinds of questions those of you who are architects will need to ask someone if you're trying to design um, a slaughterhouse or a poultry house or whatever. But this is a point in the email or the Facebook or the chat or whatever where you're asking these sorts of questions and the goal is to get her talking or to get her typing. So she says, oh yeah, I have uh, you know, 300 um, heads of chickens, uh, but we want to get 120 um, heads of cows. I'm currently um, supplying uh, Mr. Biggs in uh, Oregon. Uh, they come once a month to come and get um, 60 cows. Uh, they come in uh, J5 buses or they come in, um, let's see, Toyota What's that thing called? This Toyota truck. They come in Toyota Heloxes and blah, blah, blah. As the architect, you're now getting all the information that you need. Like, oh, okay. So, uh, 120 chickens. So, this kind of design would be good. 120 cows. Okay, so we're thinking about buildings of this length. And uh, her customers are coming in these kinds of vehicles. So, I need to put a landing bay here or a loading bay here. And I need this kind of gate or that kind of gate. Uh, so, for those of you who are architects, uh, forgive me if I'm not doing a good job of... Uh, um, fleshing out what the conversations would be like but um, I'm sure you guys get the point so whether you're an architect or a wedding photographer this is the point in your whatsapp messages or whatever where you're asking questions you're supposed to get them talking so if you look and you see that you write a wall of text and then they just respond with one word and you write another wall of text they respond with another word believe me this relationship isn't going great but if it's the other way around one or two sentences and then they respond with a wall of text you're getting all the information that you need um, to figure them out, to figure the problem out, to figure um, the, uh, the vision out and how you're going to drive the relationship forward. So get them to do most of the talking. You also need to have a clear agenda before you hit the keyboard. Uh, you can't just send an email saying, uh, good afternoon, Mrs. Okedengbe. I got your number from Mr. Tunde. I just say, make I greet you. You know, that kind of thing is not going to work. Uh, I just say, make I greet you. Uh, I'm calling to say hello. Um, I'm calling to introduce myself. Those sorts of things don't work. Have a clear agenda. What is it that you're trying to achieve? And then have a plan of how you're going to um, move uh, through that. Um, also, having a clear agenda also gives you um also gives you a sense of how you're going to build on the relationship um yeah so have have a plan before you uh hit the keyboard and start typing do not freestyle now my final tip since we've gone over 15 minutes 
remember you are having conversations with an actual person this is a mistake that most people make when you're face to face with someone you know that okay yes i'm having a conversation with miss Ogilingbe. but when you're typing on whatsapp or especially email when you're sending an email you forget that this is a conversation it's not you making a sales pitch <clears throat> uh <clears throat> sorry excuse me um, it's not you making a sales pitch and it's not you typing at people. It's a conversation with an actual person. And that's the mind frame that you should be having. If you have a mind frame that you're in an actual conversation, the words that you use, the phrases that you use in your email are going to be... <clears throat> <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. Um, you know, it's that time of the year. The You know, with the weather and the kids at school, everybody's having colds and uh, I'm not immune. I'm the one who soaks up all the viruses at the end of the day. Where was I? Yeah, so this is a conversation. So remember, keep it conversational. Um, even though it's email, don't be too formal. Um, use words and phrases that let the conversation flow. There's a time for formal emails, but the qualification conversation is not it. When you're sending the contract over the email, yes, you can use all that formal here to hear with henceforth, uh, um, you know, all that formal lawyer language. But for now, qualifying conversations we're trying to keep things simple and have in mind that you're having an actual conversation so don't type at people don't make sales pitches in text it's going to fall flat especially if you're dealing with complex and expensive solutions if you're an architect being um what's that word commissioned yeah i think that's what you guys call it commissioned if you're an architect being commissioned to design a building um, or whatever that is not um that is not a uh, Kobo. That's not uh, pennies and Kobos. You know, that's millions of naira. So making a sales pitch over the email, that's not going to cut it. So don't even bother trying. But if it's something a lot simpler, like, um, let's see. Okay, you reached out to me so getting big because you want to buy her eggshells, for instance. That one is a much more straightforward conversation. She has a poultry. They have um, egg or chicken waste. You want to buy it because you want to use that on your farm. Uh, that's a much more straightforward um, conversation. So, yeah, making a sales pitch over email, especially since you tried to reach out to office two days before. Uh, yeah, making a straight pitch in that kind of situation might not be a problem because um, it's not uh, a complex, expensive solution. It's um, much more simple, and I'm assuming that it's a lower price point. That's my assumption. For those of you who trade in poultry, um, forgive me, it's just an assumption. Oh, by the way, with all these examples that I give, um, I get feedback from lots of people that they enjoy the examples. But just in case you happen to be a member of any profession or industry where I pluck my examples from and I've made lots of uh, wrong assumptions, please send me messages, hit me up, educate me so that my scenarios will be much more accurate going forward. So that's it. I hope I've been able to give a sense of how having high digital quotient uh, means you're going to be able to have much more fruitful um, conversations with your customers and potential clients, especially uh, qualification um, uh, qualification conversations. If all these terms are too heady for you guys, I've given you tips for where you can go to get caught up. Start from episode 575 up until now. That will bring you up to speed with digital um, quotients. And then use the search bar uh, for older episodes, um, sales frameworks, Type in sales framework, uh, type in uh, qualification, uh, let's see what else. Okay, type in discovery as well. That's also another part of the process. Uh, I think that will be in the next episode. 
yeah, I think that'll be for episode 578. So we'll talk about discovering the next episode. So thanks for uh, your time and attention. I'll catch you guys at the next episode.